Hello again, friends, and welcome in to the 22nd episode of March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. This episode today, we're going to talk about compensation. How is Sam Houston's compensation for their coaches compared to other schools in Conference USA? We touched on it a little last week. We're going to dive a little deeper and spend a little more time into that, uh, and and also talk about how I kind of stirred a little bit of a pot last week with some of you as well. Uh, look, the Bearcats, part of this, they lost their strength and conditioning coach last week to another team in Conference USA. We're going to discuss that as well. And then we're going to take a look at Sam Houston's basketball teams, men and women, as they just come off series against Louisiana Tech, getting ready to go play on Wednesday night. They are playing western kentucky and that's an old friend too we'll get into that a little bit i'm your host Corey hogue the non-fbs insider dave campbell's texas football find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey hogue sports it's all one word c-o-r-y-h-o-g-u-e sports there's no e a really hard to spell last name in sports it's it's easy guys I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram, the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund, Proud Bear Cat alum. And I, I want to point out that Sports of SHSU is also all one word. It's just a lot easier than Corey Hoke Sports, Ben. Yeah, rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, just sports? like Corey Hoke Sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you spell that? With, not, not with an E, although... You would be surprised. I wouldn't you wouldn't, but you know. I mean, I, I get enough with my last name, so. I can, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Hey, we heard from our good friend Taylor Andrus at Eternal Roofing last week. Oh, uh, you know, it, it, it was interesting because talk, it's always great when, when Taylor gets a hold of us and, and, and we text back and forth a little bit. Um, I can't remember. I was, I think I was somewhere or something at that. Who knows, man? My week has been crazy. Uh, but anyhow, he was talking about that, man. I, and, I, you know, we were talking about how our holidays were just crazy. We had a lot of family issues come up and this and that. Uh, but I think just in general, the holidays are just a time for everyone in general from mid-November till you get to right about now, the second week of January – it's it's almost it's almost like as a humans we are just um trying to figure out exactly how I want to word this right but we're we're out of our routine that's what it is right like our routine changes and much like we talk about sports all the time if these if these players and athletes their routines change flights things like that that happen this now you can understand what they feel like because we go through that in November, December every year. Yeah, absolutely, and it feels good to get back into the swing of things. It's good to hear from Taylor, and uh, yeah, we'll get into the eternal roofing here in a little bit. But definitely good to get back into the swing of things. Recording two weeks in a row, um, we're getting back to normal. That's for that, sure. That feels like an accomplishment now. Now that <laughs> I know, that. right? It's been a little while. Like you gotta, you gotta make the positives. You gotta make sure you're you're looking at the positives. That's definitely one of the positives. And it was a positive to hear uh, from Taylor Andrus and the friends, at, our friends at Eternal Roofing. They are the sponsor of this show. Also, he's a Sam Houston alum, which matters a whole lot to us. If you've listened to us at any length, you understand that. Eternal Roofing. They're going to provide whatever you need for roofing and general contracting needs. They're all throughout Houston, the Hill Country, the state of Texas. They'll do it all. If you're in the Hill Country, call them at area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery office is area code 936-215-8539. Or you can just email Taylor. His name is Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. And by the way, visit eternalroofingtx.com. They have some good stuff on there just about the company and everything else. Ben last, last week, there was a, a move that happened. I think kind of both of these um, play a, a role together, but there was a move that we're going to talk about here in a little bit where the strength and conditioning coach took a job at Jacksonville state and he gets paid more money. And this comes on the heels of 
Joe Morris, the defensive coordinator, heading to New Mexico State and getting more money to be a position coach as opposed to a defensive coordinator at a school in the same conference. Now, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I understand there was a lot more to the situation with Joe Morris than money, right? It had nothing. It was going to happen. We've said that on this show. Ben has, ben has told us that quite often. That one was going to happen. But it's the fact, Ben, that you you have a guy that goes to another school in your conference, and they're making more money as a position coach than you than he was as a defensive coordinator at your school. I I think it's important that we do point that out, even if we can maybe explain it. Yeah, and it kind of just kind of shows a bigger problem, I guess, that's going on with I guess pay or lack thereof, at least on the football side when it comes to Sam Houston. And I know we'll get into that a little bit, um, both with. Parker Whiteman leaving, strength and conditioning coach going to Jacksonville State, and also Joe Morris going to New Mexico State as well. Yeah, and, you know, I put out a few tweets that uh, stirred some of Bearcat Nation, and I just want to say, first off, I appreciate everyone's responses. Um, Whether you meant it nice or not, I don't care. I took it as nice. Um, You can't tell me how to take what you write, you know, but (laughs) – I get it. You know, I get it. Look, I'm not a Sam Houston hater. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm really not. Like, I, I have come to kind of take on Sam Houston as a team I really kind of enjoy. Looking forward to watching the basketball on Wednesday night against Western Kentucky. But I think in my – with what I try to do is always be – tell the truth and be fair. And so the truth is Sam Houston's football coaches – are not paid at the same level as the rest of the coaches across the Conference USA. That is a fact. Now, here are some other things that are here's – here's another fact. Most coaches in most of the other sports are paid close to on level, on par with most of the other coaches in Conference USA. That is a fact. Uh, and why that happens that way, uh, Ben and I were talking about it before we came on air. A lot of times you have – you got some people who it's easier to pay the little guys first. And I don't mean little guys. I mean smaller staffs. We're talking staff sizes here, right? Like basketball, how many coaches do they have been? Uh, three or four assistants underneath Coach Mudge three or four underneath coach Mudge. You got that for women's basketball, softball, baseball has three, usually total for coaches, sometimes four. Uh, I believe I, heck, baseball is one of the least um, appreciated sports by the NCAA, in my opinion, which we can get into some other week. Uh, but <laughs> that, that sport never gets enough money. Uh, but you're talking, all the other sports have two, three, four, five coaches. Football, I mean, I'm going to guess here, Ben, we're talking 15 to 20 coaches. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at probably 10 assistant coaches, then you've got some operations people, you've got strength and conditioning. It adds up to probably at least 15 at a school like Sam Houston. Um, you look at the Power 5 level, you're probably pushing 25 to 30. So, yeah, I would say it's at least probably 15, and it's not the kind of three or four like basketball, baseball, volleyball, whatever it might be. And, and so the the – it looks like from my perception here that the move that Sam Houston is making is getting the ones out of the way they can get first, get, you know, the little, what we're going to call the little ones because they're the small staffs, right? But get them up to par so that they're mostly on par with the conference and then build that money up for football. Now, part of this shows, Ben, they weren't. Sam Houston, and we know this, I think it's something everyone admits Sam Houston was not fully ready to make the jump. That's why facilities have still got to come. You know, there's a lot of things to it. And part of that is the assistance pay. Now, that's all the truth. What we're told, what we're hearing is that there are plans, there is awareness of the football coaches and that, you know, they, there is 
a plan in place to eventually get them paid. When? I don't know, right? But to get them moved up on par. But until it happens, Ben, I'm, I think it's something we have to continue to watch because until that money's there for these assistants, see, they're not playing on a level field, and it's not fair to the players and the coaches as much as anyone else. Yeah, and you hit on a bunch of different things there. I think there's definitely been some progress made in recent years when it comes to pay, especially at the head coaching level. Um, I know Casey Keeler just recently got a new contract that uh, if you hit all the incentives will come out to about $800,000 a year, which is somewhat competitive at the G5 level. You get you see Chris Mudge at, at about $350,000, which is good. Raven Justice in the $200,000, same in baseball. And, and that's competitive, which is good. So it's good to see that. Um, and also the assistant side, I think, is somewhat competitive for those sports. I think it's really the football assistant side that that's lagging behind um, only at about 900,000 this past year. So definitely want to get that up. And you said that I think they were ready in some ways, not ready in some others. But um, like we said off air, I mean, when the opportunity comes to go to CUSA and to go FBS, you have to take it whether everything's in place or not. Um, so, I, I mean, they took the opportunity. I think it was still the right move. You just have to make uh, – you got to make some adjustments as you go forward. And maybe you got to work a little faster than you think you did. So – there's definitely some good, there's some bad, but um, that's kind of the overall theme of all of it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not trying to relitigate whether Sam Houston should have gone Conference USA, right? Back in July, that became a very moot point because it don't matter. They're there. They're there. So now you got to make the most of it. And so that's why you're going to see me kind of come in and point some of this stuff out in areas where they still need to get up to level with, the other teams in the conference. And the main reason is because until everything is on par, I don't think it's fair to necessarily expect results from teams that are on par you know, with the rest of the conference. I just, I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. it, And I think we'll see some flashes of some good stuff, but there's going to be growing things. I mean, I know a lot of people kind of got used to the success in the Southland and the WAC and just kind of dominating in football and, being top two or three in basketball every year and making runs in baseball, but there's going to be some growing pains, especially as a school that compared to a lot of other schools, isn't there just yet. So um, it's a part of the process. And like you said, you can't go back. We're here now. you got to make the most of it. You do. And you were talking about uh, Keeler's salary and, and yes, they, they intentionally bumped that up um, to be competitive with G5. And a lot of reasons was because he was interviewing for G5 jobs last year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't yeah. hurt a guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. A little bit of leverage never hurts someone. But yeah, base base salary of 600000 which was tied for New Mexico State's Jerry Kill. But he did have a lot of incentives in there also. So it does become a little more competitive and towards the middle of the pack there. So um, becoming more competitive in football, you're there in basketball and baseball, which is a good sign, at least from the head coaching perspective. So now I'm going to tell you this from this perspective. I'm going to tell you why. If you're a fan of keeping Keeler for any length of time, and I realize there's a, in every fan base, some are and some aren't, for one reason or another, I don't care. But if Keeler's going to be here for any length of time, I think we need to point out that if you want success on the gridiron, you're going to have to pay him more. G.J. Kinney just took Texas State to a bowl game, and now – from the contract he signed, right? A bowl game means you get paid close to a million a year. You're going to have to bump it up. If you are successful, can you even afford that right now is another question. Yeah. And it's just like losing players to the portal uh, from the G5 and they're going to P5 levels. If you win at the G5 level, I mean, you're going to have opportunities at the power five level uh, from the coaching side. So it's not just with players moving up, but it's coaches as well. And, you got to be able to pay him to remain competitive on that side. And another another thing with the assistant coaches pay is you've got to develop um, a larger staff. I mean, you've got to have a, a recruiting team, an operations team, stuff like that. And and I think we'll get there. Um, I just hope we can get there sooner rather than later. It takes time to get that stuff, man. It, it just does. Even for those prepared, uh, I know it's easy to say Sam Houston, Jacksonville State. It's not apples to apples. They were far more ready than Sam Houston was 
uh, when it comes to, I believe, finances and, and everything and, and bumping up the pay of their coaches and different things like that. Now, I don't know what the other coaches in other sports are like, but if they're, if they're like, you know, like we've seen with uh, Parker getting that, that strength and conditioning job there, you know, it, it's easy to say that Jacksonville State is ahead of Sam Houston, but if I'm Sam Houston, I'm going to look at Jacksonville State and go, we can't be behind them for very long or it's going to get, it's going to look really bad fast. Yeah. And I mean, we even saw the direct correlation between how invested they are and the success they had on the field this last year. Um, I mean, not that they, I think they were that much better than us. I mean, we saw that the game went to overtime, but I mean, they've got a huge staff. They're putting up new buildings, renovating their stadium, which should be done this next year. So um, I mean, it, it's a direct correlation to success when, when you pay well and um, resource your teams. And uh, yeah, I just hope we can get there sooner than later. I think we've still got talent and I don't think it's an excuse to say you can't win. I mean, you're still going to expect your team to go out there and win. Um, but yeah, the more resources you give, the better chance I think you give them. No, I expect them to compete. Right. And if you're, if you're able to be competitive uh, and when you are competitive, yes, you should win a few of those it depends on how competitive you want to be will be the how quickly that those financial situations get handled right like that's going to depend on it and i I don't know that i don't know some people realize how deep some of these fbs coaching staffs are I, i mean you you really look in there you've got you've got four or five guys that are just recruiting another four or five that are analysts you know, and, and these are all off-field role, roles. You don't see them on Saturdays on the sidelines very often. Um, those are things you don't get at Group of Five. Group of Five schools, you have much smaller than than you do. In FCS, you don't have them. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 I mean, at the top of the G5, Power Five level, you've got, like you said, four or five analysts, four or five recruiting guys, four or five for operations. You've got um, a bunch of graduate assistants. You got a bunch of analysts. I mean, there's probably 40 or 50 people that go into all of it. Obviously, we'll, we'll probably never get to that point. We're not Texas A&M, but the more you can build it up, I think the better chance of success you give yourself. Definitely, especially against other group of fives, because if you can have two or three in each of those, you're ahead of a lot of other group of fives. So, look, are, is Sam Houston behind right now? Yes. It's not a, and I do want to also say this, even though it seems negative, it seems like we're pointing this out. I also want to say they're not far behind when it comes to what we're talking about. Yeah, and if you go look at the the assistant coaching pools for Conference USA, I mean, Sam Houston isn't too far off. Like I said, we're at about 900,000. I mean, even if you can go get to 1.2, I mean, you're right there kind of towards the middle of the conference. So if you can find another three, four dollars $400,000, um, over the next couple of years, I think you're going to be close to being on par with a lot of other schools that you're competing against. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we talk about money and finances and things and what, you know, some of this, I'm seeing some of it right now with uh, with uh, Texas Southern. I, I don't, I know some of you may or may not be following the dysfunction that has happened at Texas Southern these days, but part of it is, Clarence McKinney came over and they gave him a contract of $306,000 a year. And Ben, that's a lot of money at an FCS school, especially a bad FCS program, right? Like, and so that's, but that was the bad, that was the, that was what he's making there at Texas Southern. And yet that's still half of what Keeler's getting now. There is a significant increase in FBS coach pay. There is. There's a huge difference. And uh, I don't know, one of us might end up with the Texas Southern job at this point. You never know. Uh, no, thank you, man. I wouldn't take it. <laughs> we might be the only candidates left. I don't know. <laughs> nope. You, you're you the only candidate left. You can... <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what are the betting odds of the season starting or Texas oh. Southern hiring? A, or no, spring ball starting in Do Texas we... Southern getting a new coach. What are, what are the betting odds there? If you have it, go to texasfootball.com and find the article. You can click on my name. It'll probably bring up a lot of different articles that I've written about Texas Southern recently. I'm telling you, it, it is a story 
that keeps playing out. Big time names are thrown out and then other names. And you've got one coach that's they, they've tried to hire. It looks like maybe for a fourth time in a row, they're going before the board of regions. If they get rejected on Friday, we'll see what happens. I don't know like that to me, Ben, when I see schools doing, and thank God Sam Houston's not doing that, right? No. When I see schools doing that, I, it, it's like watching that that little meme with the guy with a fire. It's all good here, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I will give it to to Sam Houston. They have gone about their searches, the most recent ones. Well, got Keeler's contract done, got the Chris Mudge contract done in uh, a decent amount of time. So. Yeah, I, I, we have not had to deal with those problems, thankfully. No, and you have a very – and, I again, I know a lot of times you can hear a lot of negative things. We tend to kind of gravitate toward negative. That's what people do, right? We're humans. That's what – we love negative. But you really have a, a solid professional administration. Uh, Bobby does a great job. The president, she is amazing. Um, and they're very – they're they're very um social you know like that they, they they will engage socially and that's always nice to see uh you know if you when you see when i see a university president that's engaging on social media with other people that tells me that you've got someone that at least understands and remembers when they were not a president of a university yeah, Dr. White's been great. I've got to meet her a couple of times, which has been good. Um, have have had some really good conversations with her, and I think she's doing some good things when it comes to getting things done athletically and kind of driving the bus in the right direction. So uh, thankful for her leadership and, and her guidance. I think she's doing a pretty good job for, for St. Houston right now. I agree. I agree. I, I, overall, I still have a positive view of uh, where Sam Houston is in this transition. I just think it's important that we take some time and uh, talk about it. We're going to keep our eyes on this too, Ben. Like we're, this is something that uh, may come up again in a few months, depending on, on the need of it coming up. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, maybe some, I mean, not that I know or anything, this isn't any inside information, but um, maybe some stadium stuff coming out here soon. Um, tennis facility is uh, getting closer to being done. Um, yeah. There's a lot coming up here, here soon with, with football, other facilities. I know there's been some talk of stuff going on at Johnson Coliseum. So, yeah, if any of that stuff uh, comes out, we'll definitely be talking about it here. And baseball. Getting close. Baseball's coming. I've even got a hat on to But, you know, I'm wearing a Rangers hat because I don't know where to go online and buy. And I want – I don't like – I'm picky when it comes to hats, Ben. I'm a very, very picky individual. And I, I don't want – I want to go online. I want to buy a hat that I know is one like they just take off the shelf and hand to somebody to wear, right? Like I want that game on-field type apparel. Uh, and I have no idea where to find a, the – I want the – again, I'm picky, right? I want the black one. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I want. I just don't know where online to go get what I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you're repping the Rangers. I'm repping the Texans here today so there you go yeah yeah good time for that team i'll give you that and i'll enjoy the the texan success of the houstonian hey they're in the playoffs yeah we'll see how long it lasts but i think at this point i mean it's just icing on the cake whatever you get going forward you got the quarterback and seemingly got a, a player's coach it could be the start of something good if it if they don't mess it up again yeah, man, all the draft picks for the next couple of years, the third most cap space in the NFL going into this offseason. So, um, I mean, you've returned a lot from this year's team, a lot of young pieces especially. So it's an exciting future. I mean, I mean, we just we just had Astros, Rangers, and the ALCS. Maybe we could see a Cowboys-Texan Super Bowl maybe here in the future. How, that would be That would be something. That would be entertaining as all get out. And if it was held in either NRG or AT&T that year, the other side would say it's a conspiracy. It would be fantastic. Yeah, that, that would be fun. I mean, that would probably be the most watched sporting event of all time, I would think. Speaking of that, I got to get your opinion on this. Cowboys Packers in AT&T, you know the history that the Packers have of winning in that building 
does Jordan Love continue that? Yeah, I, I don't like the Cowboys, but I would I don't know. I think they're gonna win. I'd I'd say probably a 31-21, 31-23 type of Cowboys win is what I think. Just don't feel confident about See if you can get rid of those nightmares, avenge some of those nightmares. Well, I I have none of the nightmares because I'm not a Cowboys That's fan right. either. That's right. Right? Like, I, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so my nightmares are all kinds of different. But we don't lose. We don't have a losing season under Tomlin. That's all that matters, <laughs> right? You find a way to give every fan a heart attack and make the playoffs every year. Yeah, it might not look pretty. You might end up tripping a returner or something like that, but you'll get there. You look at my returner. Jeez, you don't let nothing go, do you? <laughs> I had to bring it up. That's a funny one. <laughs> but I, I do want to say in the three years that I've been going to Cowboys homes, home games and covering them for the Times Record News in Wichita Falls, uh, I have come to appreciate and respect highly uh, the organization and a lot of the people within that organization. I'm, I saw a name today. I, I even put it out on Twitter that uh, Will Clay is is – being looked at for GM of of Redskins and some other places. And let me tell you, if you're Wait, a Cowboys fan. Which team? Redskins, man. The Redskins, okay. Yeah, the Commanders, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm 46, <laughs> man. It was the Redskins for most of my life, right? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Commanders. The Commanders was there. And, and Will Clay is the guy. He is the talent evaluator. He's the guy that's gone and found those draft picks for the Cowboys. So losing him would be a massive blow to that organization. Because let's be honest, not a whole lot of Will Clays around the top of there. There's a whole lot of Jerry Joneses. Uh, around there right and yes. so it's been you need the will clay and i there's not another one in the building that's what my worry is if they lose it yeah i mean when you get a guy like that i know the astros had a guy like that in jeff luno i mean when yeah. you lose someone like him it's hard to replace and i know um the redskins slash commanders are bringing in bob myers from the warriors who was their executive for a while so they're they're bringing in the brain trust or at least they're trying to it's smart man it's a smart move you want to win, you got to bring in the people that are smart enough to get it done. Yep, absolutely. That That's how you do it. And also, I really love watching Micah Parsons. That has been fun. I say has been because this will be my last Cowboys game. If I if I even end up going Sunday, it's not 100% official. But uh, if, as, if it's their last home game, it will be my last Cowboys game uh, whenever this season is over. Uh, so it is time to fully focus on non-FBS and the Bearcats, Ben. Yep. And uh, I'm ready for some Bearcats basketball this week, ready for football to get started back up. Baseball, that's for sure. So you want to get back on topic and talk about the Bearcats? Let's do it. Let's do that. But before we do, let's let everyone know we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the pod. That's the word March, the number two, the pod. It's all one word, which is a theme of this show. We should just call the show one word, honestly, all one word and a little special hello and shout out to those watching on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. We appreciate you. And we, we also appreciate our friends over at Eternal Roofing. I know we talked about them a little bit earlier, but I want to give you a little bit more about what they offer you. They can install, repair roof. They can do any general contracting, right? What does that even mean? They can paint the interior or exterior of your home, install gutters, garage doors. They can install floors, any woodworking, crown molding, sheetrock repair that you might possibly need. They can do that. And they're also going to do it, though, with, outstanding quality quality workmanship and quality product they only use the certainty shingles they're known for not only their weather resistance but their ability to look absolutely stunning give them a call give them a shout out you can find information out on eternalroofingtx.com you can also call the hill country office at area code 830-251-5673 
The office in Montgomery, area code 936-215-8539, and you can always email Taylor. His name is Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. Ben, it's a good thing his name really is Taylor. Yeah, and it's all one word, isn't it? <laughs> it's all one word. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been saying Taylor a lot. It's a good thing his name is Taylor, right? Yeah, it'd be a bad thing if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we we got into this a little bit a minute ago, and, and there was a coaching change uh, in Sam Houston. And, and honestly, this might be the most significant loss uh, for the football program and for all programs, but especially right now we're kind of focusing on the football program. Uh, that change could be – Maybe the most impactful. Yeah, losing Parker Whiteman, a guy um, who had been the strength and conditioning coach full-time for the football team for about five years now, is a big loss. And got a chance to know Parker uh, personally this past year, and just a great guy. And I know he not only impacted these guys on the field and the way they played and, and all of that, but he's just a great guy off the field as well. So it's a big loss. And um, when Sam Houston – fully got a strength coach in Parker Whiteman. They used to not have a full-time strength coach. He was the guy and kind of went in and changed the culture and was a big reason why they won a national title in that spring season. So he'll definitely be missed. Um, strength and conditioning coach and staff is really important. Uh, it's kind of a guy you don't really think about behind the scenes. He's not making any play calls or personnel decisions, but um, a person that makes these guys better, bigger, faster, stronger, develops personal relationships and Parker did a great job of that. So it's tough to see him leave and wish him best of luck. And, yeah, it's a really important position. Anyone around these programs understand um, the importance of strength and conditioning, guys. Uh, and because they are the lifeblood of a program, every head coach will tell you that. Uh, a lot of practices I go to begin with the strength and conditioning coach on the field, getting them fired up, getting them ready to go. You want to know who the crazy one is on the sideline yelling and screaming? That's probably the strength and conditioning coach. But let me also tell you something else about strength and conditioning coaches. They're good people. Right? They they come over. They don't have an on-field role. And the times I get to just talk football with them, it, it's incredible. Right, and they really are awesome. Gonna miss Parker. Any idea if they have someone in mind yet or anything like that to replace? Yeah, there's been, and this was kind of a move that had been known for a little bit. So thankfully, they were able to get ahead of it. Heard there's one leading candidate, but obviously the job still got to get posted. A couple things got to go through. Players don't return till the 16th, so you still got probably a little over a week to get a hire in the door. So. Yeah, definitely there is a leading candidate, but um, yeah, nothing official quite yet. And still got a little bit of time until you officially need someone in the door, probably seven to ten more days. So hopefully we'll know more in the next week or two. It, these things aren't easy to do. You've got to go through all the legal processes of the HR of the university. It's not a simple, simple thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more to it than just having a guy sign on the dotted line. There's a couple processes you got to go through. Yeah, sometimes attorneys get involved with some, probably not with strength and conditioning coach, but some of these, some of these they do. Um, ben, I want to move on, keeping it in football. I know that you had mentioned that there was a a person of interest uh, for the defensive coordinator position. I want to make sure we we want to, not a person of, every time I hear person of interest, I think crime. Uh, <laughs> I want to clarify, it's not for crime, it's to be defensive coordinator, uh, but there's been some developments on that in the last week. Yeah, I, there was a guy of interest uh, that I know the team was really high on. It doesn't sound like it will be him at this point, so that search is still ongoing and um, probably another thing that might be another week or two out. So that's been another situation that's ongoing. I know they were kind of zeroing in on a guy. doesn't sound like it might be him at this point, might be pivoting somewhere else, so um, yeah, we'll see where it goes, and whoever it is, we'll break down the hire here, and um, we'll have it here, whoever it might be. We definitely will, and the football team got better on the field uh, this week. They added Dylan Frazier to the roster. Ben, tell us some about Dylan. Yeah, Dylan Frazier, a guy that spent the, the last two seasons at SMU, was a really high star three commit. A three-star commit coming out of high school um, in the Tex in Texas, so 
Um, he's going to play there on the D line. We've we've talked about for a little while now how you need probably two guys on the interior D line, and Frazier's going to be one of them. And coming out of high school, I mean, he had a really impressive offer list. I mean, obviously he had SMU, had Vanderbilt, UTSA, Minnesota, Arizona, Baylor, uh, TCU, among a bunch of others. So it's a guy that coming out of high school really had a lot of interest in him. Didn't see the field a ton at SMU. He saw some time this last year and made a couple plays, but um, a guy that could probably come in and immediately contribute there on the interior D-line. Goes about 6'5", 270 or so. Can play three technique as well. So um, should be a good piece that we're going to see a lot of this year on the defensive line. I really like this addition. And I think SMU is a place you can find a few of these really nice additions to your roster this year. With them moving up into Power 5, they're having to dump some really good football players that aren't power five football players now. Right. And I, I feel like Frazier is one of those that's going to make a, a group of five team. Now, thankfully the cats, hopefully a lot better. Yeah. And, and uh, Sam Houston just last season going into the, the kind of transition year that we had got an SMU defensive lineman that really didn't play a lot there and Toby and Duque. And he ended up being an all conference player. Um, even had a couple NFL tryouts and was one of your best edge rushers when he was there. So just because the guy didn't play a lot at kind of a power five, top group of five school doesn't mean he can't contribute at this level. So, and we saw what his offer list was out of high school. I mean, he was highly sought after. So this could be the next guy. I mean, he could be another Toby and Dupuy and he could be a big contributor this next year. Yeah. Look, there's levels of players and power five programs sign a whole bunch. They assigned 15, 20, you know, 15, 20, maybe 25 high school kids every class. And you're taking a chance and not all of them are going to hit. And so for the ones that get there that you go, okay, they're not power five talent. They're not really going to play here, but you know what? They can go down to a large group of five or a smaller group of five or FCS or D2 and be very, very productive I think that I, I really think we're going to be very, very happy about Dylan Frazier. Yeah, absolutely. And he's the first of two guys that have signed the last two days with the second one being tied in Fernando Garza. Um, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago, tight end being another position where you needed another guy or maybe two guys there for some depth. Um, and so he's a guy from Texas A&M, very similar to Frazier. His two years there didn't see a ton of time, but was a three-star guy coming out of high school, had a really impressive offer list. I mean, Michigan State, Nevada, Pitt, Iowa State, Virginia Tech, among others. So um, should come in and provide the depth you need. He's got great size. It's 6'6", 250. So um, could be another guy that we see a lot of this coming year. How many years does he have left? He'll have two. So this next year, the three tight ends that you'll see a lot of at this point are Elijah Sohn, um, Thomas Jewett, and Fernando Garza. And you could probably feel pretty good about all three of those. And the coaching change at A&M helped with that too, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, <laughs> and he's a guy from Katy, so location there helps as well. Yeah, it, I know. I mean, it, it it sounds easy. Go recruit Houston, right? It's not as easy <laughs> as it sounds, but it's so key to being good at at in any place around Houston, especially if your name is Sam Houston. Exactly, and yeah, and I mean, you're not going to go get the five star guy from North Shore, or the five star guy from Katy, or the Woodlands, whatever it might be, but. Um, those guys that just aren't good enough or are just a little below what it takes to go play to school like that. If you can pick them up and develop them, that's how you get some really special players. And that's what we've done in the past to get some of the grades here at St. Houston. Oh yeah, man. You go, you go to that six, a state title game. You ask what kids are not being recruited by the power five. And those are the ones you want to go talk to, especially if they're linemen. Yeah. because there's just a different size even between 5a and 6a linemen those a lot of those kids are massive yeah they are and and i mean garza's coming from katie um i believe he went to katie high school and then um frazier went to north mckinney or mckinney north so two pretty big schools uh, that they're coming from so they're guys that have played at a pretty high level in high school Oh yeah, you play. It was just complete side note, but I was talking to a non-FBS coach um, last week, and he said, you know, it's hard to recruit high school players to come play at our school 
because when they arrive on our campus, they have nicer facilities at their high school. And I started laughing, but you realize there's only a handful of colleges that I cover that don't have that that the facilities aren't nicer at high schools for a lot of these kids than they are for colleges especially if you're in the metroplex or in the houston area yeah i mean you've got what is it melissa and allen up there and a couple others that are mckinney up there that's really big and then in houston you got uh, where the woodlands area plays you've got cypress you've got katie i mean all these stadiums are 50 to 100 million dollars they're they're big and they're not cheap no, and so it, I can understand for a high school kid to go, you really want me to come play here? I, yeah. I do understand that. Like, that is – I don't know how you get around that either. Yeah, I mean – and I've heard it too. I mean, I, I've definitely heard that from people, not necessarily at Sam Houston as much because, I mean, even we can compete with, with most, most high school stadiums. But I have heard schools say that um, to where, like, I mean, we're recruiting a kid from Katy, and they play at a stadium that's $60 million, and we just can't compete with that. And I mean, that's Texas high school football for you. It is. And, uh, you know, it is funny you say, because uh, uh, Sam Houston pre-renovations, I would say probably reminds me of a big uh, 5A, 6A Texas high school football stadium. Yeah, it does from a stadium perspective, and thankfully we did make the the stride to upgrade kind of the uh, uh, the locker room, the training room, that kind of stuff. So that stuff is going to be at a higher level, and that is up to par with pretty much any G5 out there. But when it comes to the stadium, I do agree. What is it about the state of Texas, Ben? Because I know this is a complete side topic, and we've gotten off on a lot of these today, but whatever. If you really want to listen to us, this is actually, in my opinion – this might be really interesting stuff because North Dakota State, I know we're talking kind of FCS here and naturally, right? North Dakota State, South Dakota State, do they have nicer facilities than Sam Houston? They do. Those FCS teams, Idaho, I mean, maybe it's not nicer, but the facilities up there, especially in that Missouri Valley Football Conference, are better than what you get down here for group of five. And look, SMU Stadium, right? Good Lord. You know, I'm mean, seriously, that's a really top group of five, and that was the stadium they have. And they mm -hmm. don't draw. But if it was a high – if SMU was a high school team, Ben, that wouldn't be a big enough stadium for them right there if they were if they were winning as well as – as they have been as a college. I don't understand why in this state we don't support with our butts in the seats in colleges like we do for the high schools. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it, it is hard to compete with the Friday Night Lights kind of thing, and everybody grows up with that. But even for a school like SMU, like you said, I think the bowl game there with Texas State had more people than any game they had. Um, this year so and I mean same thing with Sam Houston we've struggled with attendance I mean UTSA up until recently really struggled with attendance so yeah that's an interesting thing to kind of study I think part of it might be there's just so much going on there's this professional sports team in almost every big city there's a bunch of colleges bunch of high schools um, up in the Dakotas it's only one or two things but I mean we've still got plenty of people to go around to where there should be butts and seats and also it's about willingness to invest we are willing to invest in our high school kids for their stadiums to look like Allen, Texas now. We're not willing to invest that money into our colleges and universities outside of the premier ones that anything below power five, we do not have the, there's not an interest to put that money in and to invest in these schools the way we do for high schools. Yeah, and I mean, maybe the Texas and the A&Ms and the Texas Techs have kind of had a stranglehold on just kind of the group as a whole. I don't know. That's, it's a really good point, and it's interesting. Um, yeah, because, I mean, group of five football in Texas, I mean, the attendance isn't great. North Texas, uh, Texas State, I mean, yeah. traditionally no. Sam Houston, UTSA, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a really interesting case study. It, it is, and also – UTSA is winning, right? Like, we know San Antonio will support them now. Texas State, it's winning, okay? We know that. We've seen that. San Marcos comes out and supports them. 
if Sam Houston was Texas State this year, are they getting 20,000 per game? I mean, we were in the middle of a 22-game win streak, and we were probably averaging 10-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would love to get to probably 15 to 20, but, I mean, that's the most recent example we have. Even in 2011, 2012, um, when we were going to those title games, I think it was probably 13, somewhere around there. It's, it's, I know the stadium can only hold so much, but, um, yeah, it, it's not 20, 30,000 like some other schools. Well, and, and even just TV audience. Right, the the national title game in twenty one, I, I read today that they, they were the only one in the last five or six years that's been under a million for TV viewing, and it was on ABC. Yeah, I think yeah, and I think part of that was just kind of the weirdness of the schedule, but it was the lowest attended. I don't know if Sam Houston had a role to play with that, or if it was just the weird spring season. But yeah, I think it was nine hundred eight thousand when all the other ones were between one point one and two million somewhere around there. Yeah, now the stadium was full. Right. I, I mean, I want to make sure to point that out. Sam Houston filled their side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you With know, the amount of tickets we had. I mean, it was still COVID, whatever it was then. Yes, yes. That's the other thing is that um, we did have that. And also, if you remember, that was the football game interrupted by a tornado warning. So, you know, <laughs> nothing more Texas than that, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah. The, the season started with us delaying the, delaying the first game because of a snowstorm and it ended with the national title game with a two-hour ring delay. <laughs> tornado warning. Yeah, and a tornado warning. Because <laughs> that's that's when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? A tornado warning at the national title game. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, if, uh, if a tornado did happen to come through and maybe blow off some shingles, I know somebody to call, Ben. And that is Taylor Andrews and Eternal Roofing. That's our friends at Eternal Roofing. And if you're a business owner, they're there for you too. They specialize in commercial roofing. They have the ability to accommodate your HVAC systems, any other equipment you might have on the roof. They can take care of that. They can get everything done. They're going to minimize the disruptions to your operations while they're installing and or repairing. Give them a call. Also, Give their website a visit, eternalroofingtx.com. They have a gallery there. You will see the the high quality of work that Taylor Andrus and his crew put into everything they do. Give them a call. Get them scheduled. Get a a free detailed roof inspection. Get that, right? No pressure. Free detailed roof inspection. Get them out there. Let them see if you have any questions. They're going to be able to give you answers in the Hill Country you call them at area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery office area code 936-215-8539. And you can always email Taylor directly at Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. And I, will, I led with that, Ben, because I felt like Tornado segued a little better into ter- eternal roofing than it did cat. Yes. But I want to say, I was talking to somebody kind of connected with that, and it's actually not you, which is a surprise to me, (laughs) as well as it is you, right? Um, But I was hearing that, I know it may not be able to be public, there could be some really good things on the way. Yeah, with Cat Fund, that's for sure. We've got got an event coming up, so uh, become a Cat Fund member to find out more about that. We'll be pushing some more info out on that here in the coming weeks. So we've got that coming at the end of the month and uh, yeah, things are rolling with basketball. Um, we've got some golf stuff and baseball stuff coming up. So it's a good time to be able to support St. Houston athletes at cat-fund.com starts at as little as $10 a month. So lots of good stuff going on there. Oh, you want to jump on board with this. I'm telling you, I, I've heard cat fund is going places. It's going places fast. Get in there before Ben starts up in the price to $15 a month, you know, <laughs> yeah, pricing everybody out at 15. Yep. That's right. It is. It's $10 a month. That's, that's what, uh, now that's a cheeseburger, right? It's that's pretty much coffee. What... <laughs> small <laughs> coffee. It's a McDonald's <laughs> coffee, right? <laughs> I don't drink coffee, but that's what it seems like when my wife pays for it. <laughs> I, I can get on a whole rabbit trail, and I'm actually going to avoid that one, Ben. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that, it really is. Like, you go to Whataburger, and you get a number one, 
you're going to be paying about 10 bucks. Oh yeah. That 10 bucks can go to cat funded and that's helping these college students just with some, some spending money. Do you remember when you were in college? And Mm -hmm. I do, I didn't have any spending money unless I worked my rear off. These kids don't even have time to work their rear off because they're in school or athletes. Help them out. Give them a boost if you can. It is as low as $10 a month. Yep. Cat-fund.com is the place to go. Starts as little as 10 and you can work your way up from there. Um, there's a bunch of perks that go with each and every level as well. Oh, there definitely are. There are things. I don't know if they have an on-field uh, hat, but, you know, that could that could be something. Yeah, we've got a hat. We've got a cat fun hat if you sign up at a certain level. That is the thing we do, we do have. I'm picky, man. It's got to be one they wear on the field for the game, Biz. Uh, I don't know if we got you there. We'll we'll work on it for you. Do you, uh, you see the Rangers hat, right? Like it's burning my eyes, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, you know, I don't have a Sam Houston hat until I have the on-field Sam Houston baseball hat. For now, you just got to put up with the Rangers. I'll see if I can get you one. I actually was uh, lucky enough to get a baseball cap from uh, the baseball team. So I can, if I get my hand on another one, I'll I'll send it your way. Awesome. I'll have to find out. I have to look at my size again because I never remember. Oh, (laughs) you know, that's why my wife will ask me and I'll say something and then it won't fit. And then I'll be all mad at myself for it. No, it's her fault, right? No, I'm not that way. I understand, man. I'm ridiculous. You know how hard it is to live with me, Ben? <laughs> she, my wife just said yes. She knows. Yeah. She knows, man. It's not easy. Uh, you know, it was easy. No, it was not easy for the Cats basketball teams last weekend against Louisiana Tech. The women took a loss at home or on the road. On the but, road, yep. But the men, Ben, they, the, the men's team – Coach Mudge, they went in there. They came out with a big Conference USA victory. Yeah, and to hit on the women real quick, they uh, it was just another game where you're in it the entire time, going back and forth, and you just kind of fall apart there in the fourth quarter. I mean, Louisiana Tech was a team on a four- or five-game win streak coming in, and you had a win in the second half, just couldn't pull it out. But, um, yeah, the men's team, man, they got it done, and, uh, Louisiana Tech was a lot of people's pick to win the conference in the preseason. They had the preseason player of the year and um, biggest win of the Chris Mudge era so far and um, got big nights from Lamar Wilkerson and David Barnes, which you need to have on a night to night basis and uh, biggest one of the year so far. And I think this team might be turning a corner at the right time. Did you get, did you hear, listen to the press conferences this week? Uh, yes, I did. So on the women's side, Raven was, She's, right now, I think they're just trying to focus on just getting a little bit better every day. Yeah, and I think that's that's what you have to do. And if you can get a little bit better and continue to improve, you're going to win games. I mean, you've shown you can play with really any team that you're playing against. It's just you got to find a way to do it for 40 minutes, and I think that's been the biggest problem so far. Um, I mean, Louisiana Tech was a good team. You were up at the half, even up in the third quarter at times, and um, just kind of fell apart at the end. And so – I don't know what that looks like as far as trying to figure out how to win these games, but I think you've got the talent to do it, and we'll see if they can put it together. Does it feel like one of those situations where if they just win one, they figure out how to get that win over a good team, that it could spark a series of wins? I think so, and we saw it with football. I mean, just got close so many times, and then once you finally break through, you win three out of your last four. Uh, I think it could be something similar, because I think they've got the talent. Um, to be able to do it, you've got some really good pieces like Sydney Kemp and Renee Jefferson, not Renee, Renee Smith and Kaylee Jefferson. You, you've got some really good pieces there that can carry you. Um, you just got to find a way to put it all together. And I'm really hoping they can, because I think if they can, they're going to compete really well in this league. What are their chances against Western Kentucky? For all people listening, we are recording this on Tuesday. And uh, so they're playing on the Wednesday night this week. What are their chances? Yeah, on the women's side, it's a, it's a pretty good Western Kentucky team. They come in 10-6. and six. They've had some nice wins. Um, they've played some good teams and played them well. They just beat Liberty. Um, it's going to be really tough. It's your second road game in a row this past week, um, in the past four days. So um, I don't know if I would pick us, but, I mean, 
there really hasn't been a team that's kind of just kind of blown us out of the gym. So I would expect us to compete and we'll see what happens there towards the end. And then for the men's side, they're playing Western Kentucky at home on Wednesday night. And Coach Mudge in his press conference this week talked about he, – he spent a lot of time talking about how big mentally that win was for this team. Yeah, and they, they're they coming off a non-conference schedule where you're playing four Power 5 schools in Grand Canyon and um, had probably the toughest schedule in Conference USA. And we might be seeing the dividends of that. Now, and I mean, between a tough non-conference schedule and a ton of injuries, um, you didn't do yourselves any favors, but I think you might be getting healthy, um, getting into conference play. I know Coach Mudge talked about before the Dallas game, they changed some things up offensively in the past two games. They've looked much more comfortable. Uh, so hopefully they're turning a corner here and to get some momentum and get into a rhythm. Well, that's I wouldn't expect less from Coach Mudge, to be honest with you. That That's why he is such a good coach and why we wanted him uh, to take over uh, as head coach because yeah. we knew that he had that ability to, you know, there's an ego thing. I think a lot of times we all have it. Every single one of us have has an ego. And to say this is my system, this is how we run, um, the really, really good coaches are the ones that can say, these are my players. This is how we're going to win. And they'll run a system that way. And it sounds to me like that's what he's done with this squad. Yeah, I think he's really playing into what they're good at. And obviously, it's a big learning curve being a first-year head coach and with a lot of new players. And you want to come in and implement your system and, and see what it looks like. And I think he's done a good job of that, but also implementing the system and tailoring it to his guys. And I think that's where these changes have been made. And uh, they've looked really good, looked really, really good these last two games. And Hopefully you can keep it going against the Western Kentucky team that's won eight games in a row, and um, a lot of people are thinking they might be the best team in the conference at this point. So um, it's going to be a really big test at, at Johnson Coliseum tomorrow night. Need a lot of people there. Uh, need need like to pack the place and make give it a home court advantage. It's not going to happen though, Ben. There, I mean, reality says how many how many people you think are going to beat it. Uh, thousand plus That's or minus a hundred. Pathetic cats fans. Pathetic. I think how, the how many people is, is about eight hundred this year so far. D twos get more than that. D twos get far more than that. And I think if you continue to win, people are going to show up and. That's one part of it, but I mean, people just got to show up in general. Last year was one of the best teams in school history, and I think attendance was sixteen, seventeen hundred, which is a lot better. And even if we can get back to that, you can create a pretty decent home court environment. How much? How many does Johnson hold? Uh, sixty-one hundred when when it's in its basketball format. Oh my goodness, it looks so empty then. Even worse yeah. than what you imagine, right? Like, even if you get half of it, it's going to look empty. And you're sitting at a sixth of the arena. That is, I, I mean, what do you do yeah. at that point? Yeah, I mean, it, when we played Utah Valley the first game of the year, I think we probably had 13, 1,400, and um, that game went to overtime. And, man, I mean, all 1,300 people got into it, and that place was pretty loud. Um, I had the opportunity in, I think it was 2019, when Sam Houston was top of the, the Southland, beat SFA by 25, 30 at home, and I think we had close to 4,000 people there that night. And that place gets loud, and it creates a good advantage. So, I mean – that's something we got to really work towards um, because it makes a big impact. Yeah, so you don't need 6,000. You just need two. You're going to make a difference. So if you want to know, Corey, you're being negative. Yes, I am being negative right now because I'm being negative at the fans because you are not helping your team. Your part of this team is to buy the ticket, to go there, and then to yell and support your team in appropriate times, okay, I've, you know, and in an appropriate manner, I don't want to dive into things I hear at basketball games from fans right now, Ben. It's uh, it's not always nice, man. Let's no. be let's be nice to the referees, can we? Yeah, you can you can say something to them, but just say it politely. Yeah, you don't. You really don't have to question their intelligence, their you know their parents. Um, you really don't, man. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> not at all. No, and I might even have an extra ticket. So DM me tomorrow afternoon when this Ooh. goes up. If you need a ticket, I might have a courtside ticket. I might shoot me a DM. We'll see. Oh, I've got two tickets. If the other, if the second one's not being used, I'll give it away. Damn, can't <laughs> drive five hours tomorrow. I'd get in trouble. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you so much to everyone listening, watching us on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. I want to say thank you to all of you. Without you, none of this is possible. Appreciate your feedback this week. Keep it coming. Get into our DMs. Let us know what what is what you want to talk about with Sam Houston because that's what we want to talk about. And so let us know. Give us those things because those comments shape these shows. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I, I hope you learned some stuff today as well. Ben, it's time, my man. You're going to take us out for another men's basketball victory. Let's go. Yep. Eat them up, cats, and let's go out on top against the Hilltoppers. You got to top the Hilltoppers.